This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy Ott, along with the red hot Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Gold Sheet. You know, when you go 8 0, like you did last week, and, um, you know, that puts us now at 58% for all of our contributors uh, for, for the season. Um, they throw you a party. They've got uh, victory balloons in the background. Uh, kids have been vi- invited over. They're celebrating. It's, it's, it's mayhem, the celebration. You would think a veteran handicapper would take a little bit more in stride, but ain't no damn hard to do. You know, but it, you know the way it is, Jimmy. It's like when I uh, buy my wife something nice yesterday, the next day it's like, okay, what are you buying me today? So we got to think about next week now, but that was nice last week, sure. That's when Curly Holman went and told uh, my dad after <laughs> after he declined on Patrick Sertan Sr. Uh, as a uh, yeah he didn't he didn't offer him a scholarship. He says I want one just like that again, Coach. He said we ain't got no more like that. Get out of here, <laughs> Curly. So, oh my goodness, oh an outstanding uh, week though, Bruce. And um, you know it was uh, it was uh, I tell you what that 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 first slate the noon Eastern games that was about as lame as it gets, man. I mean, that was a real flat one. I mean, we had Purdue-Syracuse to bail us out for any type of drama. And it all started in Lincoln. The last 13, their last 13 losses were by single digits. Not this one. I mean, and those fans are still there to the very end, till the clocks go zero. Well, you know, they've, they've, they've run off their defensive coordinator this week, uh, Jimmy. And at this pace, Nebraska's not going to have any coaches left by the time we get to November. So uh, it's gotten ugly there. And already they're talking about all the guys lining up to maybe replace uh, Frost and Mickey Joseph now. It's just not as easy a job as it used to be. Not, not that it was ever easy, but not as appealing maybe. Uh, they've got a long hole to dig, big hole to dig out of there in Lincoln. Uh, but tell me this, Bruce. I mean, they still their fan support, and if they're willing to not even wait three weeks to eat seven million, uh, they have some support, some financial, and uh, they're part of the Big Ten as well. But they forget the glory days. They can't be what Iowa is today. They can't be yeah. what Michigan State is right now. I mean, I don't uh, help me if I'm wrong here. No, you're, you're right, and I, I, I think Nebraska has been stuck. No, it, they didn't do this with Mike Riley the last time. They certainly did this with Frost, and we understood that higher, but they tend to keep going back to the well to one of their own. Uh, they've done this consistently after 
after the Tom Osborne era. And maybe they should learn a lesson from a place like USC, which finally decided to break from the past here. Let's not try, and to, let's not try to get another John McKay or another Pete Carroll, because they tried that a few times. Totally broke the mold, brought the AD in from Cincinnati, and brought the coach in from Oklahoma. This is new. So maybe Nebraska needs some new blood. There's some guys in the region there that I'm sure they're going to be, that are on their radar. Matt Campbell, maybe Chris Kleiman at K-State, maybe Lance Leopold at Kansas. So there's some guys, I think, who could turn that thing around, but I'm not sure if they're going to want to take that job now. We'll see. Maybe Lance Leopold from Kansas. Uh, maybe. Huh. They'd be lucky to get him. Uh, right now, I mean, come on. I mean, when when Kansas has a better team than you, yeah. I mean, enough said. And and go back to his earlier years at the smaller uh, smaller divisions. Dominant, dominant. He knows uh, he knows how to win. All right, let's start off with the uh, the Michigan Wolverines, number four in the country, three and zero, taking on the Maryland Terrapins, three and zero. When we were doing our Big Ten preview, we talked about the Maryland Terrapins hit being you know little Tua. All those explosive weapons, but not a lot, a lot on defense. Um, so far, so good for them. 16-and-a-half-point favorites here. This is an early game on national TV on Fox. Yeah, this is sort of a litmus test here for Maryland to see where they're at, Jimmy. Um, but uh, in recent years, in this series, it has been all Michigan. In fact, since Jim Harbaugh came here in 2015, uh, he's won and covered all six versus uh, Maryland. They skipped the 2020 game, good for Maryland, because of COVID that year. But in those six wins, all by 21 points or more. So he's taken no prisoners here, and Harbaugh has a little bit of a mean streak in him. We saw that last week against UConn. I, you, you wonder, we've seen this with Maryland, and certainly last year we saw it, and then back to 2019 with, with uh, Mike Loxley that they take advantage of their non-conference schedule. Now, that was a good win last week over SMU, but it really steps up now into the Big Ten, and they have really fallen down when the Big Ten has started the last couple of years. So, uh, really going to be pressure on Tua's brother to keep pace here. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do it. Uh, The quarterbacks that that Harbaugh has putting up some very big numbers already. And uh, like we said, serious history here is all, all for uh, Michigan. And uh, that 59 nothing was actually their biggest home win in uh, almost 60 years last week. And they had a lot of big wins at home under uh, Schembechler in the 50s there. So they got it rolling there pretty good. Uh, Michigan, we had it uh, 45-17 in the sheet this week. So uh, I, I'll stick with the serious trends here and go with Jim Harbaugh. All right, uh, my 90% uh, autoplay paid off last year as Washington rolled uh, 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 Michigan State, unranked team, favored over a ranked team. We got another one this week, uh, Iowa State uh, at home, two and a half over uh, 17th-ranked Baylor. This is another noon Eastern nationally televised game on ESPN2. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know, Iowa State comes in here, I think still flying a little bit under the radar, and I guess that's sort of normal for Iowa State to be flying under the radar like that. Um, Brock Purdy is now the backup quarterback for the 49ers. I mean, they're without him uh, moving forward here, so it's not going to be quite as easy, perhaps. But they have started out pretty quickly at um, at 3-0. Justin Decker's at quarterback is making enough plays for Matt Campbell. And making enough plays. I mean, this is something we're going to watch here with with, um, with Baylor because uh, Blake Shapen at quarterback has not been doing too much thus far. His numbers are very muted. They lost that game up at uh, BYU a couple of weeks ago because he wasn't making plays in the second half. We know Aranda's a, a fine defensive coach here, but I also think John Heacock 
who has done this at Iowa State for a few years, we're seeing it again. I don't want to get carried away by the win over Iowa, but that was the first time they've beaten the Hawkeyes in, what, seven years. Hecox defense. Matt Campbell did it. Yeah, first time Matt Campbell did it. And Hecox's defense, again, is ranking among the nation's leaders there. So I actually think, you know, this is going to be a lower-scoring game. So uh, 22-17 score forecast. I'm going to lean to Iowa a little bit just to win this thing because uh, I'm – I'm wondering about shape in there. He's just not making enough plays at quarterback for Baylor. But under, I think, might be a better way to look. Two very good defensive teams, very good defensive coaches here. And I think that might be the way to look uh, in uh, this one. And, and also, the home team has won the last four years in this series. Okay, so you like the uh, the under 46 better under. than the Iowa State minus two and a half? Yeah, let's look under in that one. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, just making uh, sure on that. Um, all right, so that's for the early game. Let's move on to the 230 uh, high-profile games. Let's start in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, as the Tar Heels uh, come back home, making those Sunbelt trips to Boone, North Carolina, into uh, Atlanta, Georgia, with Georgia State. Notre Dame comes in. Nothing says juice them up and get put on the green jerseys for Cal. Wow. Um, North Carolina, two over Notre Dame. This is a uh, 3.30 Eastern game on ABC. Yeah, boy, they were reaching into the bag of tricks last week as deep as they could go to break that three-game losing streak for Marcus Freeman. And, well, the luck of the Irish, a leprechaun or two, kept that uh, last-second pass out of the Cal receiver in the end zone, or we would have been – I know if it would have been overtime, Cal would have gone for the win there if they scored uh, the touchdown right in the last play. So uh, Notre Dame escapes, but not too easily. And, of course, they're they're proceeding without Tyler Buckner, their quarterback. Uh, He hurt the shoulder a couple of weeks ago, so Drew Pine, the sophomore, did just enough for them to win last week. But it doesn't look like uh, this offense is going to be uh, exploding too much late, uh, you know, this season. We, we've speak of explosions. Uh, Drake May has stepped in there, and you'd never know Sam Howell left right. for the Tar Heels. He's putting up some really big numbers: eleven to one TDP interception ratio. He's thrown for over three hundred yards per game. Problem they've had is uh, the defense, and Gene Chizik might go back into the uh, into the uh, studio after. Uh, uh, some of the defensive efforts from the Tar Heels the first couple of weeks, but they are they are unbeaten. They get Notre Dame at home. Uh, they were trading points most of the way with Howell last year at South Bend. I don't know that Notre Dame has enough offense to go out here on the road, especially now with Pine, who looks a little bit a little bit limited at quarterback at the moment, at least until he gets a little bit more seasoning. May looks like he can fire more scoring shots. Slight lean here to the Wolf, to, I'm sorry, Wolfpack, to the Tar Heels. 31-27 in Chapel Hill like for Don't curse Carolina. like that, Bruce Marshall. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't be calling him the Wolfpack now. No, it's no, no. Words and, <laughs> uh, no. North Carolina. Uh, you know what? All this uh, offense and no defense, you wonder if Larry Fedora uh, is still there, uh, there with that style of play. Uh, in Chapel Hill, but it's Mac Brown, of course. I like Carolina uh, minus a two as well. Notre Dame always going to get an honest line against them. All right, uh, back to the Big Ten on the Big Ten Network, three thirty Eastern kickoff uh, in East Lansing, and you know Michigan State goes to Washington and loses. Now they're a dog at home, catching three to PJ Flex, Minnesota Gophers. You wonder about Minnesota. Is this Minnesota or is this, uh, you know, Bo Schembechler's uh, Michigan from long ago? I mean, look at some of the scores Minnesota's been running up against foes they can beat up. But uh, they've outscored their first three foes, what, 149 to 17. They're outgaining them by almost 400 yards per game. Uh, they've been shutting down opposing uh, offenses here. Nobody's thrown on these guys. Uh, they're uh, 
foes are completing what about 44% of the passes. Um, Michigan State, uh, you know, we'll see if uh, Jaden Reed, the top target for Peyton Thorne, if he is back this week. Uh, they missed him a little bit up in Seattle, but they were beaten soundly up there by uh, by the Huskies. And I wonder, uh, last year, you talk about everything falling right for Mel Tucker. Almost every close game went his way. Pitt's quarterbacks got hurt in the in the uh, in the bowl game. Yeah, he gets rewarded with a super big contract extension. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure that's going to repeat, and we've already seen a, an indicator last week at Seattle that maybe it won't. Minnesota putting up a lot of points, like we said, Tanner Morgan back at quarterback. Mo Ibrahim, now let's not forget, two years ago in the COVID year, about half a season, this guy still gained over 1,000 yards, hurt last year. He is coming on gangbusters now, one of the nation's leading uh, nation's leading rushers. Um but I'll tell you what, uh, Minnesota looks to me like a real side here. And I'm not sure about Michigan State. We're going to take a lead with the Golden Gophers here. We took them 27-22. to 22. So they're rowing the boat up in Minneapolis for P.J. Fleck. And uh, let's ride with the uh, Golden Gophers here for another week. Ibrahim uh, in three games, 464 yards on seven yards of carry and seven TDs. But Bruce, hey, cupcake season's over, baby. New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and Colorado – is there, uh, you know, they uh, when it, when some of the conferences like the SEC are mandated to play one Power Five non-conference team, Carl Durrell's phone just rings off the hook, huh? I mean, you know, he is. It's uh, it's unreal, and so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, PJ Fleck, that is as soft of a of a non-conference schedule. It is. That's their three weakest games. The rest now will be nine uh, conference games. We'll see. It'll be interesting this week uh, in East Lansing. No, another 2.30 game. I'm sorry, 3.30 Eastern game, 2.30 Central. On ESPN, the Texas Longhorns go into Lubbock to take on the Red Raiders. Uh, a lot of us, like Texas San Antonio last week, plus the points against the Longhorns, did not get home as Texas did follow up that emotional game against Alabama with a win and a cover against the upstart uh, Roadrunners. Now they go to Lubbock, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Red Raiders. Raiders R- Red Raiders lost their first game in Raleigh last week by double digits. Yeah, you wonder you know, a couple things here. One, uh, they're not crying as much for Arch Manning to speed up his uh, high school career and report right now to Austin uh, because Hudson Card stepped in pretty nice for Quinn Ewers. Uh, he pushed him in fall camp. He has starting experience before. He was certainly good enough last week against the Roadrunners. That was a very impressive win for uh, Texas off of the uh, Alabama game. They were not flat. They took charge in the second half. One thing that Card can do, though, is hand the ball off to B. John Robinson. That's some. That's a, You know, that's something that Tyler Schuff on the Texas Tech side doesn't have. Robinson rushed for almost 200 yards last week, and that's something I think that can help Texas a lot here. I'm very impressed with what Sarkeesian's done here. It looks like they've kind of gotten past that uh, losing streak late last season. They're working on what uh, five covers in a row now since late last year, and starting off pretty quickly. I wonder, Jimmy, uh, Joey McGuire. They all love him down there in Lubbock. Uh, comes up from a Baylor, uh, but I thought that game last week in Raleigh against the real Wolfpack, NC State, um, that kind of showed that maybe Texas Tech isn't really ready for prime time yet. Uh, they just were never really in the game. The offense couldn't get going, and uh, I think this is going to be a tough go here for Texas Tech, so I don't mind riding Sark here in Texas. I think they've got things back on course, and they have an easy solution on offense. Give the ball to Bijan Robinson. They've got him. Texas Tech doesn't. That might be the difference this week. So we had a 31-22 hook'em horns uh, up in Lubbock. And um, 
you know, by the way, enjoy these games while you can, because in a couple of years, we're not going to see these games between Texas and teams like Texas Tech and Baylor anymore as they move to the SEC. And this might be the last time Lubbock, uh, they, they get the uh, horns up in Lubbock for a while. Uh, Nonetheless, yeah. I think I think Texas has got something going here. I'm not Maybe sure. Maybe a Texas little uh, farewell, farewell treatment to the SEC on the way yes. out as well. So, uh, yeah, talking about B. John Robinson, I mean, hey, you average over nine yards a carry and three TDs on only 20 rushes. I mean, you talk about productive. 20 rushes for 183 yards, three TDs, including a long 78-yarder. So, strange game where Texas wins 41-20. They only had 58 snaps. Uh, they threw it 15 to 23 for card and then um, in 35 rushes uh, in the game. That thing got over pretty quickly in Austin as they routinely handled. I was impressed how they followed up such an emotional effort against Alabama. And won it. I lost on that one last week with Texas San Antonio. All right, to the night games. Let's go to Fox Sports 1, FS1. And, boy, the lowest total since the 70s. Iowa, seven and a half and 35 over Rutgers. I said, you know, come on. Iowa's playing last week. Man, let me just, Iowa in the over. I mean, what's the window? Well, it went Iowa, but it went under last week. It's a 27 nothing final. How many weather delays uh, last week as well uh, in Iowa City? Per seven and a half on the road at Rutgers. Shiano is improving them. Uh, I don't know. What do you think as the uh, Hawkeyes travel on the road, really offensively challenged in its historical low pro, uh, low total? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that went over was the length of the game uh, last week, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, that was like, I thought we were going to get an MLB-style postponement, or, you know, because, uh, you know, the Weather Channel kept us up till. Uh, I'd have taken that because you got to go 55 minutes. What is the exact time to uh, – Make it 50, an official bet. Yeah, uh, 55, 55 and a half, yeah. And they, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they finally got there after, almost at sunrise on Sunday morning. Uh, but, I, you know, uh, I, I'm, we're still not seeing anything from Iowa's offense. So the, the defense is fine here. But sort of a mirror image uh, there with Rutgers. You talk about a, a, a root canal game. How about that game against, uh, uh, you know, against Temple last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 to 14. They don't have a lot of offense now. Maybe Shiano gets Noah Vidral, uh, who would figure to be his starting quarterback. He's in about his 10th year now, former Nebraska transfer. Um, he's been out lately. He may be ready in this game. But um, I'm just not sure where the points are going to come from here. These teams are sort of mere images of one another. And Rutgers, the, the clock will also move in this game, Jimmy, because Rutgers likes to, likes to run the ball. We saw them in the opening game against Boston College. They do their business on the ground. And I'm not sure where Iowa can do business. Yeah, they ran for a couple of scores against the Wolfpack last week, but Petrus, the quarterback, he didn't put up good numbers last year. I know this is, a, this is sort of against something that I would normally do, a, a total this low and to go under. But we've seen that in the NFL a few times thus far this uh-huh. season. And I I think we might see it again here. I just don't see where points are going to come from here. And I don't think these teams may even get to 30. Uh, Low-scoring game, uh, 17-10 updated score forecast here for Iowa. But I'm still looking under here. I just think this is a root canal city here. Um, in Piscataway, <laughs> and uh, and this thing is just going to be tedious as can be. And these teams sort of mirror one another: slow moving, lots of the clock's going to move, lots of running, and not a lot of scoring. Uh, Bruce with the double root canal uh, version, uh, you know, references on this one. I mean, going going to the dentist chair, no doubt about it. How many do we have in Division One now? One thirty-three with the new additions. Yeah. 
130. Yeah, one, they're, they're, they have stats for 131, but there's a couple okay, more. Okay, 131. Just added in. Okay, yeah. so 131. So if you so 131 teams, here's how bad Iowa's uh, offense is. Yards per game, they're 277th. Now, of course, that includes the FCS teams, but two, 277 passing yards a game, 258 rushing yards a game, 244. Third down efficiency, 208. And, but on the defensive side, uh, yards, uh, I mean, points against, third in the country. They, they give it a 4.3 uh, points a game. Uh, so it is just, whoo, man, it is, it's uh, it's real ugly, real ugly in Iowa City. And how, how long has Petras been there uh, as, as a quarterback? I mean, he, he was Forrest Evashevsky's quarterback, I think, back in the late 50s <laughs> at Iowa. So. Hey, hey, Pre-Hayden Fraud, he's been there a long time. All right, and the get-out game, the late one on ESPN, <clears throat> talking about uh, get-out game, uh, get-out Herm Edwards. Uh, we can't even wait to go in the office or in the shoot. No, we're going to do it right here in the end zone. Herm, this ain't working. We'll get you out of here. My uh, my win total under is uh, looking good on Arizona State. Never dreamed I'd get a gift like Eastern Michigan going in there and beating them. Utah, a line of scrimmage team. Uh, boy, Arizona State was real susceptible. Matt Humans brought up the stat. The Eastern Michigan running back had never rushed for like over 80 yards ever. He rushed for like 250, 260. I have to look up the exact number. But getaway game here, Utah is 14 at Arizona State with their interim coach. Yeah, and uh, Sergio Aguano, the new uh, interim coach there for Arizona State, he had been a longtime uh, high school coach in the Valley of the Sun in Chandler High, and he's been on the Herm staff the last couple of years as running back coach. So he's going to try to lead this thing the rest of the way. But it is, it is a sinking ship there. In, uh, in Tempe, to be sure. You might wonder, what took Arizona State so long to make pull the plug here on Herm? Uh, is, there's a lot of contract stuff going on here, too. And since the NC2A has yet to officially uh, penalize Arizona State, uh, they couldn't trigger that part of the contract that would have voided it and, and allowed them not to uh, have to pay Herm anymore. So they had to sort of wait, and they negotiated a buyout. So this has been in the works, though, for a bit, and they needed a game like the Eastern Michigan game to really fast forward that a bit. Nonetheless, it's a very bad situation there. Uh, and you talked about the Eastern Michigan running back running roughshod last week. Now, what's going to happen against these Utah backs that run like crazy? We saw what they right. did to San Diego State last week. I mean, Cam Rising, since they made the switch to him last season at quarterback uh, in late September, I mean, they've been almost unbeatable. Uh, and thus far, he's hardly making any mistakes, except that one right at the end of the game against Florida. But that's his only pick he's thrown thus far. He's completing almost 70% of his passes. Thomas running the ball, uh, you know, like a, a wild man here. 23 touchdown runs for Thomas in the last 12 games. So they certainly have a ground dimension there. Emory Jones is not going to be able to trade points here in Tempe. And I, I think this number is actually a little bit light. Uh, although we, we have at times seen teams circle the wagon in situations like this at Arizona State. Uh, you know, the spirit might be willing, but the flesh is too weak. I just don't see what Arizona State's going to do here. Utah's a real team. Well, we've seen that, and uh, they're a legit top 10 team. They go in there, no trouble. 38-17, uh, Utes. And uh, they got UCLA coming in uh, two weeks and um, uh, some other big games coming up down the road. SC is coming up in October. They are ramping up nicely after that Florida loss in the opener. 
Eastern Michigan uh, rushed in the game for uh, well, over 300 yards. Uh, Samson Evans, 36 carries for 258 So um, in a touchdown. So those Utah backs are chomping at the bit uh, to get, uh, get the tote uh, in Arizona State. And a mature team like that, too, should take care of business without any distractions. One concern, home and away splits, they're much better. Uh, at uh, in Salt Lake City, but here it shouldn't be much of a problem. Bruce, anything from the group of five uh, that catches your attention where you where you are so good? Well, I'll tell you, one in, involves an SEC team this week, but uh, Tulsa is going into uh, Oxford, going into Vaught-Hemingway, getting about three touchdowns here. And I know Lane's got a mean streak. We saw it last week against uh, against Georgia Tech the week before against Central Arkansas. You know, he sort of settled in Jackson Dart as a quarterback, as his quarterback right now. But don't sleep on Tulsa. Uh, Davis Brin can really whip the ball around their quarterback. They're scoring 43 per game. Now, the schedule hasn't been all that overwhelming, but they can. It, that's a nice addendum to have with a 3-TD-plus dog. Plus, you know, Philip Montgomery in recent years, he has taken uh, Tulsa into some torture chambers. Uh, Columbus, Stillwater a couple times, East Lansing. They've covered all those games. There's four total, including two at Oak State in that mix. And Tulsa covers these games at, at a big price. So this is not a layup for, for, for Ole Miss. They've got the SEC uh, kicking into gear the following week. So there's a little look ahead to Kentucky maybe. Uh, I think Tulsa is darn live this week. About three touchdowns for the Golden Hurricane. So let's ride with Philip Montgomery, Davis, Brennan, and company this week. Take Tulsa plus all those points. Yeah, my, uh, definitely a look ahead spot. Uh, some of my uh, <coughs> Ole Miss buddies really upset that the um, the Auburn LSU game drew the primetime slot instead of them, uh, which is probably going to be a top fifteen matchup uh, between uh, L- I mean Ole Miss and Kentucky. Uh, both undefeated. But what what about this with Lane Kiffin? 19 pass attempts and, I mean, like like 60 rushing attempts? I mean, just ground ground lane? I mean, what is going, what's going on? Well, um, you know, a couple of things. One, I think he, he, he's thinking his defense may have regressed a bit from last year because Durkin left for Texas A&M. That may not be the case. The defense has actually played pretty well. We saw some of this last year, though, Jimmy. Uh from Kiffin's first year at Oxford in 2020, they were playing hyper speed and they get involved in these ping pong matches. He sl- he dialed the tempo back a little bit last year, and Ole Miss had a better season, and you know Corral was a bit more restrained than he was uh, uh, two years ago. Now he's got Altmaier and Dart, and Dart looks like he's the guy doing a lot of the things in a slower pace that Corral did last year, even a little bit slower than that. So whatever works for the lane train, and he's figured out this might be the best way forward, um, and that's another reason why I'm, I'm not sure. Against a decent foe, and I think we could qualify Tulsa as that much, it might not be easy to extend this margin. Well, I, I, I'm, I just don't see the chunk plays wide open yeah. that we, right. we saw immediately in Lane Kiffin's first year with limited practice with COVID. I mean, their first game against Florida, boom, it's chunk play after you know, one after the next. I'm not sure if he doesn't have as much confidence in Dart or maybe uh, his confidence in his skill guys outside is uh, being lacking maybe a little explosion. But the exact number is 62 to 19, and I don't see that a whole lot. I know Lane Kiffin, we show the highlights. It's a lot of those, those, those big plays, but breaking wide open down the field. They do run the ball more. I understand that uh, if you look closer at his numbers. But I'm just not seeing those big, big chunk plays early against some of the weaker competition. So we'll see. 
I, I agree with you, and I think maybe maybe some of the weapons there aren't quite what they were a couple of years ago. But yeah. remember, yeah. he's got he's a Norm Chow disciple, and Chow though you know Chow's teams ran the ball a lot more than people realize. So I think Lane's figuring out that there's another way to go about things, and that's what we're seeing lately from Ole Miss. All right, here's Bruce's picks in reverse order: Tulsa plus twenty one, Utah minus fourteen. Under Iowa, 35. Get on it now before it goes down to 34 and a half. First, Texas, minus six and a half. Minnesota, P.J. Fleck to keep it uh, undefeated, minus three uh, on the road. North Carolina, minus two. I'm on that pick as well. Rare when I don't pick against Notre Dame. Iowa State, under 46. Um, that's a unranked favorite over a ranked team. I love those spots. And then Michigan, minus 16. He's 8-0 last week. Look, tell the kids it's time to celebrate. Run around, scream, and holler at the grandkids' house. Bruce Marshall, we love you. Every week uh, here, he's the executive editor of The Gold Sheet. I'm Jimmy Ott for Sports Betters Paradise here on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.